My name is Sarah Inglis, and I'm a certified integrative health coach. I help people thrive in their bodies and reclaim the health they've always wanted. Each week, I interview people who have a passion for health. You'll hear from health experts, farmers, herbalists, doctors, chefs, and many more. My hope is that they'll inspire us all to tune into our gut and notice how lifestyle and food impact us. Today, I'm speaking with Liz Riley, who is the co-owner and president of Jonathan Sprouts, located in Rochester in southeastern Massachusetts. Jonathan Sprouts was started in 1976 and since that time has pioneered the development of protocols for safe growing practices with the FDA, founded the New England Sprout Growers Association in 1984. As a result, New England has become the mecca of sprout production while building an outstanding reputation throughout the country as well as internationally. Liz believes that sprouts can play a major role in reducing the world's hunger problems because they can be grown in any climate or environment and they contain maximum nutrient density after only one week of sprouting. So let's dive in. Good afternoon, Liz. I'm so happy to be with you this I'm afternoon. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on this podcast. I really have to say, I know you've probably said this a million times whenever you're interviewed, but I really think that the people listening to this podcast would be interested in knowing how did Jonathan Sprouts start and how did you end up being the president sure. of the company? Yeah. So Jonathan Sprouts started in 1976. Actually, the official first day is March 17th, 1976. And that was the day my aunt and uncle, who started the company, Bob and Barbara Sanderson, received their first big order. It was from Stop and Shop. Oh, wow. And, uh, prior to that, it was a hobby. And they learned to grow sprouts from a friend of theirs named Jonathan. And just became in the habit of calling him Jonathan Sprouts because Jonathan was growing sprouts and they became very interested and started exploring all the different things you can grow. So as you know, anything that you eat starts as a sprout, any vegetable, all vegetables start with a seed. So you can sprout just about anything or you can do corn sprouts and we do, you know, radish sprouts, kale sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, clover sprouts, anything you can start with a sprout. So it started, but alfalfa was the original sprout back in the early 70s. And at that time, it was not a retail item. It was something that you grew in mason jars on your kitchen counter. And this is what they were doing. And and then took it to the local store in town and started bagging up for our little village store and somebody at stop and shop got a hold of got wind of this and called up them up and said would you like to try to sell this in our stores and that's when they How went aggressive the back then that was back in the 70s Excuse well it, me. yes that was back in the early mid 70s and that was it in fact when i bought the company officially just last july Barbara Sanderson gave me some paper from the old days and it showed their first week in business. And it was the little graph of how they 
kept up with their orders. And it was 17 bags of sprouts they sold. Now we ship $100,000 a week in sprouts. But it was just so great to watch this graph go up and up and up and all the changes that have happened in the industry. But this was back in, this was really the first retailer that even thought of adding sprouts to their produce department. And very quickly after Shaw's, gosh, it was Star Market back then. These stores have changed. Right, right. You know, they saw this and thought it was novel and interesting and they jumped on it. And and so they had two big accounts. And then uh, today we are found in all the major retailers in New England. And New England has been eating sprouts ever since. It's been a very well-developed territory. Wow. Wow. That's, so do you ship them outside of, or you have such a huge market here that... Well, have- sprouts is definitely a niche market and it it's by nature, it's a local market. Sprouts are probably one of the most perishable vegetables. You really don't want to ship them far. We do ship just because there's demand from the mid-Atlantic all the way through New England. We sell pretty much to that territory. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about sprouts, and we really believe this, is that they can be grown in anywhere. They can be grown in any climate any time of year. So you really don't need to put all these carbon footprints on, you know, put them in trucks and ship them across the country. It's much better to put up a satellite operation or just buy from your local sprout grower. And and they saw this as a, a vision for working together with other sprout growers. And they were the ones who started the New England Sprout Growers Association so that we could all work together, share science, share information. That has evolved into the International Sprout Growers Association, which we're, we meet once a year. Every other year it's in the U.S. and every other year it's in another country. And we meet with growers from all over the world. On all continents, I'm curious. All continents and share the science. And it's very different in different continents. So in Asia, they've been eating sprouts for 5,000 years. It's a huge business. It's a a very profitable and wealthy business if you're in the sprout, especially, you know, mung beans. Whereas we have not caught up to that yet. We're not, India is a big sprouting country. And it's just so fun to meet with our colleagues from all over and work together. And in the U.S., we cooperate with each other and work together. So when I have a customer, a retailer that is looking for sprouts and I feel like they're there's somebody more local that can service them, I would refer them to the, that company. That's that but is- I would say it's a great business to be in because it is such an underdeveloped market for the health benefits that you're getting in sprouts. The more you learn about them, the more you wonder why you would eat anything else. You've got everything you need packed in the various sprouts. See, yeah, it is interesting because even, you know, the book about food energetics, which was written decades ago, but it still is not widely known. I mean, that just makes me think of sprouts, right? The energy at a very primary level that is packed into the seed, obviously. So, um They're a living food. So sprouts are still growing. All the seed needs to germinate is water. 
So once you add water and let it germinate, we pack them. They're still, they're a live food, a living food with live enzymes. And you'll even notice sometimes in when we'll, we'll notice that when we package them a week later in the stores, they will have filled out in their container because they're still growing. They're kept cool, which kind of puts them to sleep and helps them not over ripen too fast, but mm-hmm. it's a live food. And, and the young sprout has the amino acids, the vitamins and minerals that many of them are lost by the time they grow into their full vegetable. And you need soil to grow them into their full vegetable. But you've got the maximum nutrient density after about a week of sprouting. So let me ask you a question, which may seem like a silly question, but like, so when you buy the sprouts, and of course they're most of them are still literally attached to the seed, you know, the brown part of these seed, you can see where they sprouted. Yep. Does it matter? I always worry like, oh, when I rinse them off, you know, I'm losing all that brown seed. It doesn't matter. In terms no, of- no. I mean, the seed is where all the nutrient is, but when you're eating the sprout, that's what you're eating and you need it to germinate and sprout to right. release the nutrients. I don't wash sprouts. I mean, our sprouts, they're grown okay. in purified well water and no pesticides or fertilizers are used and never been touched by human hands. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So there's nothing really to wash off. Oh, okay. That's the other thing I love about sprouts as opposed to lettuce or they're just so easy. They're ready to eat and pack them on anything you eat. Even if you're not a vegetarian, you throw it on a burger or a sandwich. But would that necessarily be true of any sprout grower? Is that particularly true of Jonathan Sprouts? We are organic. And I think when we think of sprouts, we just assume they kind of goes hand in hand with organic, but not all sprouts are organic. So, you know, we believe in organic. And in fact, back in the mid 70s, when the sprouts were launched by the Sanderson's, They also, Barbara Sanderson set up the first organic section. She talked Star Market into trying to do an all organic section of produce. And at that time, it was very hard to sell. The produce didn't look very good because it didn't didn't sell very fast. It was more expensive, but they stuck with it. And so our sprouts are found in the organic sections of. That's right. When I've gone to Shaw's where I buy them. Yeah, they're in the organic section. (laughs) But if you're buying organic sprouts, the the process is the same, especially now, you know, anything that goes into the retail supermarket is regulated. I do like to kind of put in a pitch actually for, I'm all about growing your own sprouts too. I believe in home sprouting. It's hard to keep up with. It's almost like a, you have to get on a production schedule at home if you want to make sure you have sprouts available. But uh, I also believe if you're not growing them, buy them in the grocery store. There's, you know, we see them at farmer's markets often, but um, sprouts is one category of produce that you really want to regulate pretty well. You want to keep it, make sure the cold chain stays intact and you just want to make sure you're buying it from a reputable source. It was interesting to me when I read in the website that how the Sanderson's started collaborating, wanted to regulate the industry. Is that 
it's really to yes yes why i'm guessing Um, that was their motivation yeah it is the motivation and it helps us all if Mm -hmm. when people go to the grocery store to buy sprouts that they look good they taste good they're it we all need to work together to make sure we have a safe healthy product and that's what's helped the industry grow right that's great and unlike you know sometimes when i was out well yeah, there have been outbreaks with other types of vegetables, right? Well, there's outbreaks with everything. And we know that it would be impossible to have zero pathogenic situation right. on right. the planet. So there, you know, and it's a tough thing to talk about a little bit because there has been a perception maybe that sprouts are um, prone to pathogens. I don't know if, if you've heard of food safety issues with sprouts. And I think I will talk about it a little bit right now, the history of that. And it really started with in the late 90s or mid 90s, late 90s, with, as you know, the unfortunate situation with Jack in the Box that made the news. It was really what put food safety on the map. And Jack in the Box responded to that and did a complete overhaul and regulated and changed, and they were able to survive that. But it was right about that time that there, any kind of a um, outbreak got a lot of attention, even if nobody got sick, if there was a detection of any kind of pathogen. So there was a recall on sprouts just after that. And it was, uh, I don't even know the company was on the West Coast, but the FDA came in very reactive. The news got out there. And I will tell you, because sprouts are probably one of the best probiotics we can eat, they're loaded with good bacteria, but they're also grown where bad bacteria can grow. It's very much alive. It's grown in a, just a room temperature environment. It likes the same environment we like. So there became this concern that may be an over concern, I would say, that they might be unsafe or prone to unsafe. Sprout growers do not have the resources that the egg industry had. When an article came out that cholesterol, you know, eggs were high in cholesterol, they were able to come and just pound back and do their own market research or the Idaho potatoes, or we could not do anything to combat the bad press. Hmm. But what we did do was get really proactive in working with our colleagues and working together to make sure that we had a really safe product. And it is frustrating because I often hear even buyers of produce departments talk about the food safety of sprouts and wonder if they're safe to eat. And a lot of these buyers don't question the safety of Pop-Tarts and Twinkies. (laughs) Is that even food? I would argue that is that even right, but there's nothing alive in there. They don't exactly. (laughs) So it's just not, it's not something that any kind of living organism would want to attach itself to. But now what has happened is we're becoming more aware of a couple things. One is that we don't want to live in a completely sanitary world without, we need probiotics, we need 
microorganisms. We don't want to kill all that in our food. And we're also realizing that any food is susceptible to it. So it's helped us in the sprout world a lot. For some reason, we were kind of the target of the produce world with pathogens. And the funny thing was, I was doing some research on this and trying to figure out why the sprout category got so much attention. And I went over the history in the US. I was looking for outbreaks and illnesses. And so I was looking to see if anyone's died eating sprouts. And I could not find one death linked to sprouts. I found in that research that 30 something people have died from snack machines falling on them. And that's before you even get the snack in the machine. But again, we're all moving very quickly towards a better understanding. Yeah, I think, I mean, even for me as a health coach, you know, years ago, I would never have mentioned the gut microbiome out loud. And now that's in everybody's uh, wheelbox. I mean, they've heard of it that you may not understand it, but I think most people are conscious of it. So yeah, we've moved forward hugely in that respect. And there seems to be more awareness of, well, yes, we wouldn't be alive without bacteria. Right. It's just, there's the good and the bad. Right. So there are, I want to put in a plug for, um, you were talking about the gut and microbiome, and I know you coach people on healthy living and there are places to go that are not expensive that you can get away and cleanse with sprouts and come out feeling amazing. I usually try to go once a year. I I like to go to Puerto Rico to the Ann Wigmore Institute, which is a really great place to cleanse and learn about sprouts, how to grow your own sprouts and come out feeling great. What's the name of it again? It's called the Ann Ann Wigmore Institute. And Ann Wigmore was one of the early pioneers of using sprouts to heal people. She actually was such an interesting person. It was in the 70s and 80s. And she was out of Boston. She wasn't even looking for the fancy people. She would literally take people off the streets and help them get better through Sprouts and wheatgrass was another big plug for her. And she just did it not to make money or do make supplements or just because she really believed in it and it caught on and and she became kind of a cult figure. And then she started the Institute in Puerto Rico and it's still going today. Anne Wigmore has passed away, but she's. Oh, um, that's wonderful. That's great to hear about. Yes. And these are all people from the 70s that kind of came at the same time. It's interesting how a movement happens in different places, but at the same time. And so Ann Wigmore was doing her thing with sprouts. My aunt and uncle were growing them commercially for the first time, and they met each other through these circles. And there's one other guy, Steve Meyerowitz, who is called Sprout Man, and he's another early pioneer. And to this day, you can, it's a great resource for home sprouting, mm-hmm. sproutman.com. And now his sons continued his business. He has also passed on, but the next generation is keeping it going. Oh, interesting. And he's also in the New England area or? Yes, yes. Um, 
Berkshire's area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in New England was really where this movement caught caught on. Well, I also think, especially since it's winter right now, so you can grow them year round quite easily. Yes. Oh, well, yes. That's what's so nice about it. It's one item that is a regular a staple. So we can, we don't really have a seasonal time. We just provide sprouts all year long and our retailers know they just keep their stocks, their shelves stocked all the time. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, because there's, you have such packed nutrients and all the different sprouts and you have such a variety of nutrients. This is where I'm interested in taking it to places that need healthy food because you can grow it in any climate, any time of the year, any part of the world. I have a a brother who's an avid sailor and he has ambitions of sailing around the world. And he's like, sprouts would be perfect because they're, you know, you bring a whole bunch of seeds with you and you can grow them any, you know, as you're right. As he travels, as he travels. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the, they need to be in some kind of enclosure maybe. Yeah. So they're, they're easy to grow, but water, clean water. water Water scarcity in some parts of the world. Right. Right. In fact, there's some research happening right now about using the spent irrigation water from sprouts and recycling it over and over. And there is a, a theory and a lot of research that I hope this comes into fruition in my lifetime, but that we can actually produce a perfect environment of good bacteria that could be used as an inoculant against bad bugs. And sprouts is the way to do this. And there's something is called competitive exclusion. It's something my uncle has been working. He's a scientist in his own right. And he's been working on that it's kind of been his lifelong passion. And as he's been doing the research, he's found other researchers. And one was a NASA scientist that has been looking at an organic way in space to inoculate from bad pathogens. And he's also been using sprouts. So they got together and just because sprouts is such a, it's a perfect formula to run through, but it's going to take so much time and effort and research and people to pull this together. But I think it will happen. Seems like we're in a time right now where I could visualize that. Well, I think so. Because the only known sanitation process we have right now is chlorine stuff, you know, that just kills all the bacteria, good and bad. And that's not a solution. Yeah. And we know that now from yeah. the overusage, right, of antibiotics and how that indiscriminately kills all the bacteria in your gut, for example. So, right. So, the and, research of really encouraging the good bacteria to outcompete the bad bacteria is our future. I do think I'm hopeful because I do think there's so much, I mean, just in terms of the research being done in the gut, there's so much capital, I mean, money that's been thrown at that, not thrown, I should say it so casually, but investigating that because many doctors do say that is the future of medicine too. I'm seeing in the last 15 years how fast that's growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads me to 
the broccoli sprouts. I'm so curious about this, especially since you've taken the benefits of broccoli and then also put them in apothecary and skincare products, but don't let me, <laughs> but so you have the sprouts. I really want your recommendations too, for certain women of a certain uh -huh. age, you know, of what I went on your website and I thought, Oh, Whoa, I really want to try some of this <laughs> things out. But first tell because everybody listening isn't going to know what some research is told us, you know, about. Right. It's becoming more and more well-known, but um, 10 years ago, a little more than that, it was fairly new. We, most of the research started out of Johns Hopkins University by two scientists, Jed Fahey and Paul Talalay. And um, they contributed an enormous amount of research and information. And they really discovered the phytochemical that is found in broccoli called sephoraphane. And the research has shown that we've, we've known now for quite a while that the sephoraphane is good for internal cancers. It, it's specifically been tested on um, pancreatic and fiber cystic breast cancer and shown to have curative effects. And now it's they're using it in so many, everything from autism to many other ailments, but mostly for the um, anti-cancer benefits. And our, I found an article in Newsweek that talked about some research they were doing showing the benefits of topically applying the sephoraphane from the broccoli sprouts and that it showed to actually a, prevent the cancer, B, had a curative effect on skin cancers, and C, was a natural sunscreen. It's not the same kind of sunscreen as a topical sunscreen. Your skin absorbs the sephoraphane, and it was shown the effects last about three days. Wow. Through swimming, showering, because you're, wow. you're not just putting it on the top of your skin, you're absorbing it. So, so yeah, this is what I said, wow. Safe was, for children? I'm just thinking when my children yeah. were young, wouldn't that have been fantastic? And it's not a, you know, what I've discovered from using the topical products now for 10 years is that it really appears to be a cumulative effect. I am now at a point, and when people first use it, they think, okay, or they ask if they need to use a sunscreen, I always recommend to continue to use if you're out in the direct sun, whatever you use. I will say for me, I don't use any sunscreen anymore. And I'm sailing on, I'm in Cape Cod and, and wow. um, I went to Bali for 10 days and I just cried. I just said, I'm just, you know, I, I haven't used a chemical sunscreen in so long. I'm just not going to, and I can't burn if I try. So I use this every single day. Wow. That is fascinating and so wonderful because there's been so much every year there's some new information that comes a warning warning don't buy xyz product right we've discovered well, right and you know uh, hawaii i have heard is i think it's by 2024 is banning all sunscreens they're trying to save their coral reef coral reefs too yes never so mind so we need to we need a product that is a real solution and not going to be harmful to our environment. Right. For over 25 years, I was a teacher, and one of my greatest joys in life is seeing people light up when they have an aha moment. It is pure magic. 
I've now combined teaching with my knowledge of health into live workshops. I teach throughout the country about gut health and how to transform your health. If you'd like to know when I'll be in your city, subscribe to my newsletter in the description of this podcast. So tell me about the skincare products. Are they products that can be used? I mean, they're geared towards men or women. I mean, yes. any gender, it's, that's what I assumed. And does it matter? I, in fact, I have probably maybe even more male customers than female customers. Mm, because um, of the lack of, that's interesting. Now that you say that, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, but it is, it was unexpected for me, but yeah. the, the repeat customers, they just come back for it. And both male and female, but I was surprised to see how many male customers are attracted to this product. I think you know, it's all handmade. I initially tried making it myself and I had fun with it, but it was definitely a hobby. And I was trying to figure out how you extract the sephoraphane from the broccoli sprouts. And there wasn't a lot of information on it back then. But over time, I, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I remember, I don't know who it was that said whatever you need whatever ailment you have, there's probably something to cure it within 60 miles of you. It's just a natural thing. Natural. Yeah. Order and of things. Yeah. Exactly. Natural order of things. And I discovered one day when I was in a natural health food store, a product, handmade product that just spoke to me. And I looked at the label and it was somebody very local. Uh-huh. And I reached out to her and this was 10 years ago. And and she loved the idea of working with the sephoraphane. And so I, she's an herbal chemist and has taken the formulas to a whole new level. And um, there are essential oils, but most everything has a purpose. We don't just throw stuff to make it smell or, no, you know, yeah, it, but yeah. it does. It, it's not scented, but it's just a divine, natural scented product and more than that, the ingredients are really high quality ingredients with the infusion of the broccoli sprouts. And you just know when you use it, you know. And I've been a toiletry person. I, My first job out of college was with a big cosmetics company. Oh, interesting. Oh, so you yeah. had a real basis of comparison, I mean, professionally too. Right. And even that, and I also found that I, I get tired of certain products and I go on to something else. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite. I have to keep making it because I can't use anything else. Because it, it, you feel so good or you're I, and You feel so good, good and I can actually feel the detergent in other soaps and my body can feel the the synthetic properties in items that you just aren't here. That makes sense because, I mean, think of so many people are sensitive to uh, fabrics, right? I was never one of those people, but so to that I'm so now sensitive to, it was very intuitive at first and now it's just blaring. I, when I When I catch a whiff of something, I know that there's something in there that's not good. I'm, wow, that's really... So would you want to recommend something? I'm curious or no, just try. For example, I'll just say I have a family. I'm an adult, a mature adult. I have four adult children. So what I would suggest for my adult children, male and female, would be the same as a product that you would recommend for somebody who's of a different generation. 
Well, yes. And so, I mean, I don't try to be all things to all people, but what this is, is a very basic regimen. So you start with the soap. The soap is a therapy soap. It's called, it's um, got 21 herbal tea blend that originally was developed for eczema and psoriasis. Um, wow. And it's so many people have our so many many. I'm stunned at how young people, so many people. Yeah. And it works on any skin condition. It it poison ivy. It 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 actually wonderful. You don't need to have these skin conditions to use it, but if you do, you will see a huge difference. And the soap is handmade, it takes six weeks to cure. So I have to always have the soap in process they don't come out of soap these days come in instantly out of a when i was looking for places to manufacture my product right i got to tour a lot of different manufacturers and they nobody could do this handmade process and nobody was willing to do it it you put in the preservatives and the soap comes out instantly solidified and so i I know I have people who will kill me if this product changes. So we just, we thought, you know, it's going to be impossible to keep up with orders and keep it handmade. And we're finding that it's not the handmade process. You know, we're not selling to huge box stores, but we have a long way to go and we can continue to keep this handmade. And if we need to, we'll start up little cottage I was just going to say, what a wonderful, oh, I can think I'm putting on my teacher hat. I used to be a teacher. (laughs) I mean, there's so many interesting ways you could grow that. Yeah. Yeah. But it needs to remain handmade. Right. Right. In a handmade. Yeah. Right. So the soap you use every day and it's good for your hair, good for your skin. It's use it all over. The soap also is infused. Every single product is infused with the broccoli sprout extract. And so your skin is absorbing it in the shower while you're washing with soap. Then coming out, we've got a therapy cream, which is a really nice concentrated cream for very dry skin. We also have an aloe oil that is a little lighter and you can just put it on all over. It's good for babies. Mm. Um, we have a salve that is even a step further, which is really good for extremely dry hands and skin. We gave salve to a, our local hospital for the nurses during early COVID with everybody washing their hands so much, people's yeah. skin just got so dry. And yeah. so they really appreciated that. If you look at the website, it's not complicated. And I encourage people to use the products all over. I mean, we have a, a serum, a facial serum, but you can use it in your hair. Oh, so when you mean all over, all over your body. <laughs> yeah, where and, yeah. and use your own intuition. You'll know. Right, right. Uh, uh, we have a deodorant that is a, a, I specifically developed a deodorant with the broccoli sprout infusion because your lymph nodes is an area that you want to absorb sephoraphane. So for no other reason, oh, you're actually- yeah. You're not only not putting the harmful chemicals from deodorants, but you're feeding your skin. And and this sounds awfully strange, but I do have a customer who uses the deodorant everywhere because he wants to absorb the sephoraphane. So I'm like, that's okay. Yeah, that's a roll on. (laughs) So what it is is it's a um, it's a solid, and it is 
it also, in addition to the broccoli sprout extract, it's got the um, charcoal and Benoit clay, which are both detoxifiers. Yeah. So, and again, it's, I said to myself when I started making this and then it kind of grew legs of its own and I've been chasing the business ever since, but if it ever becomes not fun, I don't want to do it. So I don't worry too much about sales strategies or marketing strategies or any of that, which has been a huge relief. It's made it, it's just been a grassroots, mostly just going to, I do a lot of vegetarian food festivals where I serve sprout salads and try to teach people how to eat sprouts because a lot of people don't know how to. I was going to ask you, what's one of your favorite ways to use sprouts? Is it in salads or? Oh, yeah. I should show you. Um, my a colleague here at work just took a picture of my lunch today because um, I had a roll up like a, a wrap. Uh And I put a big spread of hummus and then a huge thing of mixed sprouts on that and rolled it all up. I actually like to add some seeds and nuts because I like the crunch. Right. And I roll it all up and it is just the most satisfying meal. It's got alfalfa sprouts, pea shoots or uh, mung bean sprouts and munchen mix, which are sprouted legumes lentil, peas, and azuki beans. So you've got more protein per ounce than any kind of meat in that. Wow. So it really sustains you. Yeah. And I guess this is a time to tell you, I'll show you, we are coming out with, we're launching next month. This is a veggie dip, we call it. And it's infused. We have four different varieties. It's all chickpea based. Uh Um, And this one is a green pea garlic veggie dip we got yeah so this is the mostly pea shoot it has been added we've got a alfalfa original we've got a broccoli lemon zest and my favorite is the wheatgrass jalapeno cilantro oh wow so you've got sprouts infused and everything now so you got your veggie dip which is kind of your basic hummus base That's wonderful because that inspires when I'm working with clients, something like that, having a spread like that inspires people, I think, to, oh, different kind of roll up, you know, to put sprouts on top of it because you have that flavor that you're. Right. That's what the trick is. I mean, sprouts alone, what I love about them is that they're there's so much texture to it. Yes. Yeah. So when you've got the alfalfa and the pea shoots and the bean sprouts, you've got all these different crunch and textures. And I don't even want to put lettuce in there. I'm just so. You um, don't need it. (laughs) You don't need it. No. Another really easy everyday meal is to mix all these sprouts. And I try to take four different of the four different textures, like what I just described, but there's also clover sprouts and Broccoli sprouts, of course, and radish sprouts, kale sprouts. Mm -hmm. But you take this variety of different textures and put it all together and put your favorite dressing on it. And it's a super satisfying salad just by itself. Again, I like to add, we actually sell a salad topper now, which is organic nuts, seeds, and dried cranberries. And uh, it's Jonathan Sprouts. And we also have a line of organic cold-pressed flax oil dressings. 
Oh, wow. This has all come together through working at VegFest and finding people who were making these amazing products that match the integrity of the sprout. So normally dressing, you're kind of, you know, you've still got all the healthy stuff in the salad, but then you throw a dressing on there and it's a lot of oil and fat and not always good. This is actually like adding a supplement on top of your sprout salad. It is a super high-end gold flax oil with, um, this one is garlic paprika. We've got a sweet mustard and an Asian ginger. And all of this stuff is on the website. And it's not so much to sell, I mean, telling you about this, just because I want your listeners to get creative and start thinking about how they like to eat and how they can, I've shared before that I just, I'm not good with um, discipline. So if I have to do something I don't want to do, I'm probably not going to do it. But when I'm loving what I'm doing, then it's effortless. Well, and I think what's wonderful uh, about eating this way is that it is pretty effortless. You're not cooking, you know, for people who do not, they're sort of, whoa, no, no matter how simple. So you just have to have the ingredients. They're all there in front of you. And then you decide how to mix them up. You don't even have to wash and chop. And exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I can't wait to share this with somebody in particular that I have a call with soon. Oh, good. That's I'm really. That's great. The biggest challenge right now is getting sprouts into markets everywhere. And the best thing I can recommend, and we have this whole program called Sprout Scouts. Mm-hmm. is that if you're looking for them in New England, it's easy. But if you don't see them in your store, you ask for them because every retailer has access to our sprouts. And if a customer is able to ask for the produce manager, ask for Jonathan's and bring them into the store, we will buy your sprouts. You can, we'll just Venmo you. You buy your sprouts, send us the receipt and we'll Venmo you the money. It oh. sounds crazy, but it's... Um, you're helping so many people. And the thing about the stores realize the retailers that bring it on, it might take a while because we're not an avocado or a tomato or a staple yet. But once you have a customer, that customer is a repeat customer. You come back and you always have fresh sprouts in your refrigerator once you know what to do with them. I put sprouts on absolutely everything. I am not a vegetarian. I've gone through phases of it. But um, I think, I mean, I'll just put a big pile of you fish with pea shoots or alfalfa sprouts. They make everything, that's our tagline, makes everything better, but it's true. It mm-hmm. makes everything you eat better. I put munch and mix this sprouted Izuki lentils to peas in my oatmeal. And Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. I thought of it, but that's what I, I'm hoping. I want your listeners to really I'm going to try it tomorrow. Think of these things. Yeah. So so many ways to. And that what happens is once you start eating this way, it just your body craves it. And pretty soon you're craving a sprout salad every day. And then you're noticing that you're not craving chocolate in the afternoon and coffee. And right. Yeah. It just becomes a yeah, you crowded out all that other stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wonderful. When you have everything you need to sustain you, you don't look for those quick fixes. Well, it looks like I was going to ask you what's in the future for Jonathan Sprouts, but it seems like a lot's in the future. I mean, I mean, you're just about, you're launching this new product. And so. Yeah, it's, um, I honestly don't know what's in the future, (laughs) but um, with the skincare, there was some interest in mass production. Mm. And getting it everywhere, and it lost the what was real about it. And so I kind of learned some lessons from that. That mm-hmm. suddenly I didn't feel so good about it. So I don't think that Jonathan's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger is really the goal. Mm-hmm. But being a channel of growth, yeah, sharing, yes, yeah, everywhere. And I'm always happy to see fresh really beautiful sprouts on the shelf when I'm traveling in other regions because it's it's the direction we want to see everybody go in. Yeah, the world, literally, yeah. right? Sounds yeah. like going in. Yeah. Well, I can't even tell you. I could speak to you for a whole nother hour. <laughs> yeah. But I really, really enjoyed learning so much about what you do and what you've done and how you're helping literally the world. Mm, thank <laughs> so you. I, commend I know you, it really. Sounds, I commend you. I, it's, it's wonderful. It sounds very grandiose, but in my own little way, I, I can feel my little contribution and it feels really good. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your passion and time and knowledge. It's been Great. a real pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me and inviting me to talk to you.